It's another lovely Saturday morning and it's my pleasure to welcome you to your favorite radio program, Nasco Moments Talk Show. Do you know where your children are this moment? Gone are the days when having a large body size was regarded as evidence of good living. If anything, persons with heavy or large body sizes are said to be vulnerable to a number of health challenges. Obesity has been identified as one of the reasons for short life expectancy, and even more so in especially developing societies. While obesity was regarded in times past as a disease common to only the wealthy, the tide is increasingly turning. This condition is now prevalent among people living below the poverty line. Available statistics show that about 35% of Nigerians are overweight, and yet not more than 5% are reportedly wealthy. Tellingly, it is being estimated that over 30% of poor Nigerians are overweight. According to experts, obesity is a medical condition in which excess body fat is accumulated to the extent that it may have a negative effect on one's health. Obesity leads to reduced life expectancy and increased health problems like heart disease, type 2 diabetes, obstructive sleep apnea, cancer, stroke, high blood pressure, breathing problems, among others. Obesity is said to be mostly caused by a combination of excessive energy intake, lack of physical activity, and genetic susceptibility. There are few cases, though, caused primarily by genes, endocrine disorders, medications, or psychiatric illness. How then do we tackle this challenge of obesity, and what help is there for people with this condition? On your favorite Nasco Moments radio show this morning, we will focus on practical steps towards dealing with and preventing obesity. We have on the show special guest, Dr. Fabong Yildam Jemchang, a consultant family physician and the head of General Outpatients Department at Plateau State Specialist Hospital, JOS. Dr. Fabong Jemchang is currently the chairman, Plateau Youth Council. I'm Hudu Gyang. Stay tuned as we return right after this. So crunchy and so creamy. It's oven fresh and tasty for the young and everybody. Take a bite and get the feeling that you get what you need for everybody. Take it everywhere you go. Grab the taste of quality. Everybody say Nasco. away with Nasco Biscuits today. Nasco Cream Biscuits. Nasco Shortcake Biscuits. Nasco Cream Crackers. Nasco Biscuits. Cream of Biscuits. Dr. Fabon Demchang, it's good to have you back on the Nasco Women Show. Thank you. Okay, so let's listen to a doctor talk about obesity right now. When can one be said to be obese? Well, um, I'll start by just giving a general definition of what obesity is all about. It's um, a disorder associated with accumulation of excessive fats to that extent that it affects the health of a person. And basically, the crude population measurement of what obesity is, is using what we call the body mass index. And um, the body mass index is calculated as this. You take the weight of the patient in kilograms and you divide by the square of the height of that patient in meters square. Meaning, if a person is 1.7 meters tall, you times 1.7 by 1.7 and then you take the weight of the patient and you divide by the resultant result and that gives you the body mass index of the patient. Before now, obesity has been classified as either mild, moderate or severe but now we have a, a better classification as class 1, class 2, class 3 and um, the resultant or the data we get from the body mass index will determine 
if a person is underweight, he's normal, he's overweight, or he's obese. And the baseline is 18.5. Um, when a person is less than or equal to 18.5, it is stated as that person is being underweight. But the normal body mass index is greater than or equal to 18.5 to 24.9. Now, you have 25 to 29.9 as person who has class 1 obesity. You have 30.0 to 34.9 as somebody who has um, class 2 obesity. Then you have um, 35.0 to 39.9 as class 3. Anything greater than um, 40.0 is morbid obesity. And morbid obesity is such that the obesity, the body mass index is so high that it presents a very high mortality rate in the patient. Oh. So obesity is basically classified, but once the body mass index is greater than 25, the person is, is said to be obese. So what causes obesity? So many causes of obesity. There's an interplay between genetics and environmental causes of obesity. And um, of course, uh, the layman, or basically what we see in medicine is like a gun, gun that is being loaded that is the genetical aspect and then the environmental aspect could be the trigger now um, between 40 to a whooping 70 percent of cases of obesity has some form of genetical linkages um, we have found over time that we have more than 50 genes that have been associated with obesity which is why it runs in families as well and to, to that extent that someone can be poor yet he's obese Someone may not be a rich person or may not live a wealthy lifestyle, but yet he's obese. So that's the genetical component of it. But of course, the basic classification is the factors are either modifiable or they are non-modifiable. Now, under modifiable, non-modifiable factors is where you find the genetic predisposition and the age of the patient. But in modifiable factors, you have lifestyle of a person, environmental, smoking, some medicines, hormonal changes, the food the person eats, and their likes. Those are basically what predisposes people to developing obesity. But um, we could not say, because in, in science and in medicine, um, you cannot link this totally to the development of obesity, which is why we classify them as risk factors for obesity. Mm. Yes. Now, can you be uh, fat and yet not obese? If it's true, can you explain? Yeah, you know, so one, one can mistake in a, a body built up for being fat. For people who have a, a bigger muscle mass, someone can say they are fat, but they are not fat. It's just a muscle mass. But it's practically impossible for somebody to be fat, literally in that sense, and yet he's not obese. Because we've defined it as a disorder associated with excessive accumulation of body fats to that extent that it affects the health of a person. Yeah. Oh, so how true is it that alcohol con consumption renders a person vulnerable to obesity? Now, to start with, alcohol consumption is a risk factor for developing obesity. Now, if you look at alcohol itself, it has a very high calorie intake, um, calorie um, per joule. Now, basically, I didn't explain the dietary components that could predispose one to developing obesity. But when one takes calorie in excess that he cannot burn, through his normal activity or through exercise. These calories are converted and they are stored in the body as fats. Now, alcohol has a very high calorie. In fact, it's higher than proteins and carbohydrates. Alcohol has um, approximately seven kilocalories per joule. Now, 
when you take alcohol and you take excessive alcohol, it gives more calorie into the body. And because you do not burn it by your normal activity or your exercise, it stores in the body as excessive fat. So alcohol is a risk factor that has been proven to predispose one to developing obesity. Okay, so I sure hope people are listening. It is the Nasco Moments radio talk show. Thank you for joining us. We'll be back right after this break. A promise kept. the taste of Nasco cream crackers. Each bite is crispy and so much fun. It's excitingly cool and a delight any day. Nasco cream crackers is the ideal snack at home and office. Nasco cream crackers is best served with tea, coffee and cheese. Nasco cream crackers. Nasco cream crackers. A promise kept. It's crunchy and tasty. Nasco cream crackers. Nasco cream crackers. Another quality product from Nasco. Today we are looking at practical steps towards dealing with and preventing obesity on the Nasco Moment Show. Welcome back. Uh, Dr. Fabon, can you tell the listener the age range worst hit by obesity? Yeah, from, from our practice as clinicians, and from the observation and other studies that have been done and evidence-based medicine, we found that the middle-aged people and those who are approaching the age of retirement are those who are predisposed to having um, more obesity. Um, middle age means 45 to 65. And of course, um, when you tend towards 65 is the retirement age. And then of course, the, the age group that has this, the second lowest risk are between the ages of 24 to 35. But we've observed some changes and probably because of increased standard of living and then because and of also consumption of unrefined, uh, highly saturated fat, uh, fats and sugar and sweets. We've also seen children with obesity. Uh, so I may be right to say that there is no particular age group now that we have obesity. It means it's a global thing. It's across both sexes and of course all the ages but um, more commonly between the ages of the middle age, just 45, to the age of retirement. Okay, is yeah. it because those people are less active than uh, uh, any other? Yeah, of course, because inactivity has also been, been a, um, described as a risk factor, mm. but it's modifiable. It falls under the modifiable risk factors for obesity. Okay, yeah. uh, so we'd like to know the effect of obesity on an individual. The effect is massive. I started earlier on by saying it's an abnormal it's an abnormal occurrence and um, what what do, that does is that from the head of a person to the toe of the person no aspect of the human body is spared by this excessive accumulation of fats which could predispose to other diseases like diabetes mellitus particularly type 2 hypertension heart diseases strokes and then of course because of excessive accumulation of fats it tempers with the hormonal changes in the human body and particularly with the females it can lead to um, issues like irregular menstruation and then it can also predispose them to infertility and then we also have other cancers like cancers of the uterus cancers of that's of the womb and then cancers of the cervix they have also been linked to um, obesity and then we have common issues or common things that occur commonly that like breathing disorders um, a person 
can develop sleep apnea. That means the person has cessation of breath at some point in time, or what people commonly refer to as snoring. And then a person could have general feeling on, of unwell. Because once you are hypertensive, there's no specific symptom for hypertension, which is why it's been termed a silent killer. Someone can even collapse from obesity. We've had people who, who had sudden death from obesity. But um, basically, when one is ob obese, it affects the overall quality of his life. Okay. Obesity can lead to social isolation. It can lead to depression. It can lead to so many things in the final analysis. And low self-esteem, I guess. Um, how can you now educate the listener on dietary habits that would help to prevent obesity? It's, of course, the patient's education is a hallmark to managing obesity. And we start from there. Because when you educate our patient, you empower them to take charge of their medical conditions. And um, first and foremost, our target is to the modifiable risk factors, one of which is low-grade exercise or moderate exercise. Because we will not advise patients to just jump on a treadmill and start running without having what we call a stress EG or having ECG or having a doctor check if the person has the capacity into this exercise. But every other person can do a low-grade or moderate exercise, one of which is fast walking or swimming, or what they call bricks walking. And the target is to have a minimum of um, 150 to a maximum of 300 minutes per week of low-grade exercise. That will help you burn these fats that have accumulated. And of course, this is targeted at people who have a sedentary lifestyle. For instance, you have bankers who will sit uh, on the chair for a very long time or any other profession that is associated with long time sitting and not doing these exercises. And then of course one of those targets is also healthy eating. We say healthy eating, you must not be rich to eat a healthy diet. And this is targeted at reducing low calories. And then of course avoidance, avoiding of fats. And of course reducing your alcohol intake to the barest minimum. It's very difficult to tell people to stop drinking alcohol. So we are safer to say to reduce the alcohol consumption to the barest minimum as well. And then of course you need, from time to time, someone might take fats or sweets, but very infrequently. That's what we are saying. Increased intake of vegetables and fruits and high fiber diets. And we have a basic way we, we tell people that if you have a, a, full, a full plate of food, just divide it into four. So your calories should just be a quarter of that plate. And then you could have your vegetables, your fruits and other things as the as two-thirds of the plate. And that, that's what it means to eat healthy. Avoid snacks as much as you can. And then of course, one very important thing we need to tell people is to learn not to skip breakfast. The reason is simple. Um, when you eat breakfast, it already sets the hormones of digestion into action. So whatever you take later in the day, the hormones are already active to digest them. But if you don't eat breakfast, the, the, the hormones will sleep. And when you eat food later in the day, it, it causes what we call dumping syndrome. And that has been associated or with um, excessive accumulation of fats. That's very interesting to know. Yeah. Don't skip breakfast. All right. Uh, thank you for joining us on the NASCO Moments radio talk show. Uh, we're not done yet. Uh, we have some more questions for the doctors who so join us right after this break. Let's go, Q, sugar. Let's go, Q, sugar. Let's go, Q.
Glasgow Cube Sugar is pleasantly sweet and can be used in tea, coffee, pap, and a variety of cereals and beverages. Nasco Cube Sugar can be taken at any time of the day. And what's more, each cube delivers a sweet taste and experience. Really? Nasco Cube Sugar is fortified with vitamin A and dissolves fast. Nasco Cube. Mmm. Nasco Cube Sugar. Sugar. For that sweet taste. Nasco Cube. Nasco Cube Sugar, another quality product from Nasco. You're still on to the Nasco Moment Show on radio. We are examining practical steps towards dealing with and preventing obesity with our guest, Dr. Fabong Yildam Jamchang, a consultant family physician and the head of general outpatient department at Plateau State Specialist Hospital Joss. He has been giving us insights on this topic. Now, briefly, earlier on you mentioned that uh, genetics contribute to excessive weight gain. Somebody may have the tendency genetically but not know. So how do you look out for things like that? Well, in in most of the instances, by just observation, we've seen families where large bodies is common, isn't it? Uh, you looked at the father, you looked at the mother, you find out that they're huge people and then their, their children are like that as well. So that, that's a, a very easy way of assessing. But in most of the instances, um, one wouldn't know because this is not a communicable disease, but it has got a chronic um, face. So we would not say it's something that you have to do a genotyping or stops like that to begin to know who marries who or, or what. But and of course, the genetics of obesity is, is subject for another day's discussion because it's, it's a very large topic in itself. But basically, what happens is, is some of those hormones in they have they interfere in the level at which somebody can digest food. It interferes with the level at which somebody can take up some of these foods for for, for functions in the body, and and then some of those hormones as well could increase someone's satiety. Some of those hormones could decrease somebody's satiety, and um, this genetic interplay is a little bit complex, but basically um, the genetic component to obesity is large. I mentioned earlier, I said between 40 to 70 percent of those cases are genetics, but of course we have, um, in, in, within the last 20 years, we've seen how environmental factors have triggered the accumulation, the abnormal accumulation of excess fats to that extent that it affects the health of a person. So the, the typing is, is not going to be so helpful, but of course it is very important for people to know that they, this, to a large extent there is a genetic component to developing obesity. But if you know that your parents are large, then you can make a conscious effort to eat a certain way in order not to be obese. Yes, which is why I said it's like a gun that has been loaded with ammunition. So knowing that you have a genetic predisposition to developing that is one thing. But environmental factors are usually the trigger. Now, those environmental factors, one can consciously modify them. And I have seen families with people with obvious um, genes for obesity, yet they are not obese. It goes to show that they are not just consistent. They monitor their weight regularly. And then, of course, they avoid those food traps that will make them eat and crave for stuff like that. So it's a discipline that someone would have to inculcate to avoid um, um, going into obesity. All right. Now, what practical, inexpensive solutions would you prefer to people suffering from this disease? Yes, I mentioned low-grade exercise. Walking and at the abnormal way or relatively higher than the rate you walk is inexpensive. 
bricks walking is inexpensive, except if someone has some musculoskeletal disorders like arthritis or some pains, then he cannot walk fast. But walking fast is inexpensive and as a kind to swimming because in, in other instances you have to go pay or register in the gym to have access to swimming. And why this is, is has been advocated is because virtually all the muscles in the body are involved when somebody walks fast or when he swims and, and those are the recommended exercises. Common things occur commonly. We have foods, food items like whole grains. They are not expensive because you are avoiding eating refined sugars mm. so you can eat whole grain and then we have common vegetables that even grow in the backyards not necessarily going to buy apples uh, because they are expensive to buy but you can buy mangoes as well and then you can buy other foods that are that are cheap but the most important thing is is looking for what occurs commonly and then they fall within the classes of food that are readily um or they, they have been recommended for one to take to avoid a um, accumulation of excessive fats. Avoiding um, um, fats, fatty meats or saturated fats because it's only w w when you are rich that you go to buy blue ban to, to eat. But of course you, you, you can use vegetable oils as well which have not been linked to developing obesity as well. And, and of course you, you, I said smoking has been um, a, a factor that has been um, predisposed or has been is a risk factor that has been said to increase obesity as well cessation of smoking is also one of those things that also predisposed to that but you use money isn't it to buy cigarettes so why not um, stop using that and there's a certain percentage of people who have stopped smoking that they've tripped into obesity but to a large extent it is not um, common so we would not bring in cessation of smoking as, as part of this whole thing now, um, as well, the changes, the behavioral changes, um, sedentary lifestyle is for people who, who are well to do in the society. You cannot find farmers being obese just like that, except if, of course, the genetic predisposition is so high that even with the regulation of the dismodifiable risk factors, um, one can do nothing about. I've seen farmers who are who are obese and they walk from morning till evening. But to a large extent, we have more farmers who are less obese than those who have a sedentary lifestyle. So these are some of those inexpensive things one will need to do to um, halt accumulation of um, excessive or abnormal accumulation of excessive fats. Those that need uh, lifestyle adjustments, yeah. what would you recommend for them to prevent obesity? Number one, if you drink alcohol, you need to you need to reduce to the barest minimum the amount of alcohol you drink. And if you're used to eating high-calorie diets, we're asking people to reduce the calorie diets and substitute them with more vegetables and more fruits. If you have a family history of obesity, then it's your responsibility to, to begin to adjust your lifestyle um, by increasing your work rate to either moderate or mild exercise every day through bricks walking and then try as much as possible to stay away from anything that has to do with accumulation of excessive fats including eating animal fats and and stuffs like that those are some of those easy easy things one could do to stop himself from being um, um or tip towards um, the accumulating of these excessive fats to that extent that it affects one's health okay what are your final words on this topic well we've always said that um um, health is wealth 
and there are instances that the moment you are down your money can't save you anymore and you move from from one hospital to the other you you can't get the cure but knowing having an information concerning a disease is enough empowerment for the person to stay healthy a final word to people is to stay healthy to to avoid this um, practices that could lead to accumulation of excessive fat to that extent that it affects their health because this is a non-communicable yet it has a chronic cause and we could save ourselves from um, untold suffering and hardship in our later years by adhering to some of the simple um, advice that we have given health is wealth okay it has been a pleasure indeed talking to you dr fabom this morning thank you uh, he, I'm positive that our listener has benefited from listening to the discussion on practical steps towards dealing with and preventing obesity. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed every bit of this program. You can follow us on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash NASCO group or follow on Twitter. The handle is at NASCO group. You can send feedback on any aspect of the NASCO Moment Show to the email info at nasco.net or by text through the dedicated care line 0805-774-7777. Our NASCO Moment's trivial question for this week is, Nigeria once had a minister of sports who was widely celebrated, who even though is now late, was an accomplished hydrogeologist by profession. What is his name and from which state of the country was he? Send the correct answer via text to the number 0805-774-7777 and write your full name and exact location. Last week, our question was, how old and at which rank was Yakubu Gowon when he became head of state and commander-in-chief of the armed forces of Nigeria? The answer is 32 years and he was a lieutenant colonel. Our winners are Friday Koshe from Pangshin and Yusuf Anas Abubakar from Gangare. Congratulations, you'll get a call telling you how to claim your NASCO gift basket. The NASCO Moments radio talk show has been brought to you by NASCO Group. It was created by Unimark Limited Marketing Communications Consultants, Executive Producers, NASCO Marketing Department, Producer Harun Audu, Research and Content Development, Malau Silvanus and Harun Audu. Production coordinators Solomon Audu, Malau Silvanus, and Alex Ruben. I'm Hudungyang. Watch your body and avoid being overweight.